Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fucking boo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to fucking boo. Bombing stories with Jay Hollingsworth. I am your host. Big Irish Jay Hollingsworth. And this week, uh, we have one of my oldest friends in comedy, a dear friend of mine. You may have seen him on How to Train Your Dragon 3, which is the best of all of them. I agree. And uh, Dana Carvey's first impressions. He was also the first and the original house MC at Parlor Live Comedy Club in uh, Bellevue, Washington. RIP Parlor Live. Uh, my good buddy, Justin Ruppel. It's good to see you, my friend, even if it's from a distance. I fucking, I love from this. From a distance. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, found, I found the pictures of me wearing your sports coat. Oh, yeah. Room. Is that going to be uh, your bombing story? <laughs> no, no. God, no. I, it, what's, what's really tragic, Jay, is that I, last night when you, when you uh, offered to have me on the show, I, I, sat, at, I sat up going, which story? <laughs> yeah which, well, that, which which bombing story you know what's so the, many but dude bombing is in my opinion uh, not if this is not if bombing is the norm but if you don't have any bombing stories as a comic you're not I, trying. yeah you're not pushing boundaries you're you're not yeah you're not trying so uh we, th- tell the story this this isn't your official bombing story but tell the 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 coat story for the for the listeners <laughs> <laughs> what did i the setup to that one was uh jay was backstage he went up he did a set right and uh i always wore a suit jacket on stage for reference for 10 12 years i always wore a suit jacket um and jay had his what is your suit coat size do you remember what it was fucking like 58 uh 58. long <laughs> and i am a 38 uh 38 regular okay so i was like jay give me your coat <laughs> and i put it on and i'm laughing i'm right. high as we're all I'm laughing high as, i'm high as you know <laughs> it's just like a the, the nimbulous clouds and uh and i'm like this is gonna be, i'm gonna go back up on stage wearing the coat and in my head that stage was like i that i was a star there you know, right. like, ah, they just, that was be, your home. Yeah. They're just going to be happy to see me do stupid shit. Right. So I imagine me walking on stage with the big coat and just everybody cracking up like I'm Kramer, you know, coming through the door. Instead, I walk up and they're silent. And I'm like, so this <laughs> no, is- it, like, no, they, they acted like you were Kramer, but it was when he was at the laugh factory. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, they were like, what? And I go, so this is my coat. And I realized in that moment, I didn't have material. <laughs> I I just walked on to do another 10-minute set with nothing, just the coat. And I, how long did I keep it on? 
Like I don't, was, I, dude. You know what? The other thing that's a trip is I. Why the fuck did I have a coat there on? Because that wasn't. I, that was one of the. Coat. Dude, yeah, I don't know what. I don't know. Maybe it was for the show, uh, or there was something specific about the show. But when they asked me to uh, replace you when you moved to L.A., yep. um, we were they were we were talking about what our expectations were, both sides, right? And one of the things I told them is, I was like, I'm not wearing a blazer. I, it's just not my thing. I'm not. I'm not wearing a coat. So I don't know why the fuck I had a coat there. That because time. because they were like. I believe it. All right. So some of the, some of the comics that we'd pull in, you know, a, a little bit of the micromanagement would be like, all right, tonight, everybody's got to look the part yeah. tonight. You know, it'd be like DL Hughley, you know, and every, and he'd come in like looking nice. <laughs> and so the management would be like, you better be on your Hughley best, you know, like, so there'd be nights where they're like, none of that t-shirt shit. Yeah. You know, Larry, and, Larry Miller, somebody, yeah, Larry yeah. Miller is here and he's, um, <laughs> doing the show <laughs> the five stages of drinking uh but uh no i i sat up there for a good solid three minutes with that fucking jacket on just doing the stupid hands thing thinking that would be yeah. funny gesturing with my hands and people are like what are you doing asshole <laughs> i paid 60 dollars just to sit in these seats and 15 dollars for water and you're doing some fucking you know yeah bullshit. So a prop comic now and i think i took it off and like watched it like slump to the ground and i'm like well there's that well i've got nothing else folks i'm just a piece of shit now oh fuck dude there's nothing like i mean oh. not that this was like a new bit you were trying but there's nothing like you know in your head you if you have a new bit and you're like dude this is this is pretty much fully formed i can throw this out immediately and then you do and you're like, what the fuck happened? I <laughs> was so good in my head. There is not, there's nothing worse than then watching that back and being like, what did happen? And then realizing, no, no, you had it. <laughs> That's the way you thought it in your head. You're like, yeah, I delivered it. Uh -huh. Oh, it just sucks. Uh -huh. oh, so, sucks. so what is your official? What is the, and again, we, we can have you back for other episodes because we, you were joking like, so many. Yeah, which every comic that comes on here says that, but I'm like, that's fine, you know. So you can come back and tell other stories. Uh, uh, but what is the one you wanted to tell us your bombing story today? This is a cautionary tale. <laughs> I'm looking dead into the camera at this point. This is a cautionary tale for any comedian um, who thinks that being a professional comedian is better than being an amateur comedian. Okay, <laughs> let me explain. Um. When you go and you get to do a feature spot for somebody, that is the greatest comedy is going to feel. Just about. Just about, right? The sweet spot. It is the sweet spot for like three reasons. One, you only have to do 30 minutes, right? Ex also explain for like the, the people that don't know comedy what that spot is and where the so, other spots. So there's a host that comes up and starts the show. Some places will then have a guest spot. Five minutes maybe two of them then there's a feature comic and you're to believe as the audience the feature comic is good maybe came with the other comic but they're only going to do like 25 minutes to get you jogging right and then once you get jogging here comes the headliner to get you running right that's the way it goes so the feature spot five minutes and five minutes that you, that can only get you <laughs> okay but that feature spot they've had two drinks 
the pressure's not on you because you didn't have to sell tickets. It's not your name up on the board. It's the other person's name up on the board. Your job is just to fluff them up. You know, your job is just to fluff them up. Do You could do an hour's worth of material in 30 minutes and make an, a 30-minute just killer set and bomb yeah. and slay and walk off stage and eat your hamburger and just like, ah, yeah, right? But the pressure that comes when you take that next step up to it's a headlining spot and you see how much that check is for doing your required time. And you're like, that's coming into my bank account. You already imagine it there. You're like, you get, you get double the chicken strips, double the chicken strips, right? <laughs> double the chicken strips. Now there are two avenues comedy can go in and it, it two I mean, two kind of big pathways. You can go into club comedy which is the the places you go for a night out, you know, two drink minimum, right? Dark, dark walls, low ceilings. And that's a great place to see comedy. That's where comedy lives and breathes, right? And then there's everywhere else that needs comedy. Your corporate <laughs> shows, your cruise ships, your, um, your um, private events, your weddings, your colleges. Oh, God. Now... <laughs> This this story um, is after I had done uh, 50, 50 colleges in a couple of years. So and that means that I was on the road, you know, like 50 weeks of two years. So a lot of the time you just you're flying to one college or another. Right. right. And you're just doing one show. Now, for those of you who've never been to a college comedy show. There's a lot of things that state dollars are not going to allow you to buy. They don't they don't want you to say certain things. They don't want you to do certain things. They want you to be a certain way. Um, so that means you can't do most of your material. You can't say anything about people's weight or body. You can't talk about politics. You can't talk about the government because they're the ones paying you technically if it's a state school. You can't talk about religion and you can't say fuck and cunt. You can't yeah. say those words, right? Basically um, my whole set. Right. Everything <laughs> Jay knows how to do. Right. So you're not allowed to talk about that. Lucky for me, 75% of my act would never even get close to that. But because, because you're told not to do it, part of you wants to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. What's up, you cunts? Now <laughs> <laughs> I open. <laughs> you fucking cunts. So, I, I'm sure that's how you'd open. Um, but what happened uh, this one time, and I'm not going to say the school because I don't remember. Okay. I literally, I have, I posted about it and intentionally did not mention them because I didn't want to shame them. Because yeah, it they they yeah, but mm. <laughs> college comedy is important because it's going to inspire some comedian later on to be like, I saw that guy and he sucked and I can do better than that. I think that's really kind of what it serves the purpose for. I've done a few comedy competitions in colleges and they were really funny. And I'm like, Oh, they're going to be way funnier than me. I, I just, I just know that they're going to be great. You serve a purpose to entertain a small amount of kids as best you can. And hopefully inspire a few of them to be like, you know, go after this someday. Cause they pay you a lot of money. There was a lot of money on a check and a lot of money for me is just like what somebody would get in two weeks or what I would used to get in two weeks for like a 40 hour week job. Right. So I knew that there was that money there. 
So I have that. That I have to tell you that ahead of time. Gotcha. I had to do it. You understand? Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I flew I, there. <laughs> I was just going to say, and also another thing with college gigs is the, uh, I would say 90% of the time, the, the room, the room or wherever you're performing is not set up for comedy uh, by either by the room itself, the time of the show. Um, I've only, I've done, I think three college gigs. Cause like we said, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't, that's my material's not for that. And I, like I did one in Kentucky. Uh, it might've been university of Kentucky. I can't remember. It's so long ago, but th this is just an example of, of college shows. Uh, we're sitting outside and we're, you know, it's probably 30 minutes before the show and they have a, a barker. I, I don't know if it's the guy that, you know, hired us or whatever, but he's, he's outside going like this. Hey guys, we got a comedy show. Kids keep walking by. Hey guys, we got a comedy show. Kid keeps kid walking by. Then they go, Hey, by the way, we got free meatballs with the comedy show. Oh, fuck. All right. So everybody starts coming in now. Oh, meatballs. meatballs. Why didn't you fucking say that? And dude, and at the end of that show, they were like, hey, so you guys know next week we're going to have uh, fucking. Uh, um, I, I, it actually was somebody I knew. I, I want to say uh, Brad Upton, but it, it might not have been. But as an example, they were like, hey, so you guys know next week we're going to have Brad Upton. And uh, we're giving away pizza. We're gonna have free pizza. They, so they they fucking are announcing next week's food to go with the act. So anyway, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. I just wanted to let people know. And this was this show was at uh, I think like three p.m. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something, folks. Those listening right now, that's a good show, Jay. <laughs> they had something to give the kids. Yeah. You understand? And let's be clear. 75% of the people in the door to your and my normal shows at a comedy club are only there because they got a two for one deal or there's a one drink off ticket or whatever. They're not fucking here to see you. And they didn't see how to train your dragon three and know it's my fucking face. All right. <laughs> so, you know, like I, I have to temper my expectations. So dude, do you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you again. I, I don't want to, uh, no. but just you're, you're fucking, have you ever done, um, uh uh boston a uh, nick's comedy stop in boston i have not no okay so the booker of all the boston clubs uh, majority of them is ryan cott and uh i knew him from the very first time i went on stage and great dude and he's a fucking smart ass right and i love him he's a he's a friend and also the booker right so i'm doing nick's comedy stop some year i don't know what one year i'm headlining it and i'm uh, and Nick's comedy stops upstairs. So I'm downstairs just chit chatting with, with cot as people are coming in. So, uh, they're, you know, Oh, you, how many you got to blah, blah, blah. People are coming in. And, uh, one of the other like security people or somebody says something like, I think we're, we're going to sell out tonight. And I, you know, being a, like, being a smart ass, like I am, I said to cot, I was like, ah, what you think your boy sold it out. <laughs> and cot glances over me. He's like, he's like, all right, calm down. You're the fucking king of Groupon. Fucking relax. <laughs> <laughs> So, exactly yeah sorry it's yeah. just when you no, said no, that no, reminded no. me of the group on the best shows i've ever had at colleges were the ones where i'd show up and there'd be like a buffet of snack foods and i'd go oh it's gonna be a good show <laughs> because then the kids line up they sit down with their food they eat and they watch good for them because they don't know me they don't <laughs> yeah, know yeah, yeah, me yeah. you know i'm not kevin hart i'm not right. pete davidson though we auditioned at the same wow. time that's how divergent a career can go. All right. Wow. So, so uh, 
I've done a ton of good schools. I just came off a peanut butter and jelly sandwich buffet, you know, where there was 300 <laughs> kids. So I, I, I know what a good show can feel like. <laughs> I get an email that says, be at this show. The door is open at 730. Okay. I'm like, all right, we're, we're in a good shape. And it says, come to the, and I'm going to make up a name, the McNeil Room. Okay. And I'm like, fuck yeah. McNeil Room, smaller, better, right? Smaller, better. I go to the McNeil Room. It looks like a recording studio that, that like with a piano and a little stage set up. And I'm there. I'm there. They said 730. I'm there at 615. Because you're nothing. a professional. I'm a professional. Yeah. And Jay, I got nothing else to do. What right. the hell else am I going to do? I'm not just going to just, you know, watch another round of house hunters uh, back at the hotel or diddle around with the Hyundai I rented. So uh, I'm, I'm there. I'm 615. I'm sitting there. I got plenty of battery juice. I'm just watching phone stuff. And, and I, I text my agent. I'm like, hey, uh, it's, no one's here. It's kind of weird. I'm in the McNeil room. I'm McNeil. I'm taking a picture. It's a McNeil room. You know, seven o'clock rolls around. Nobody's there. Nobody's there. And I'm like, I text my agent again. I'm like, hey, can I text them directly? Yeah, text them directly. So I start texting everybody on the chain. No one's responding. 7.30 rolls around. I'm taking a picture. I'm emailing it off with date times. Like, I'm where I'm supposed to be, the McNeil room, right? 7.45 rolls around. This kid rolls in. Oh, God. Oh, you're in here? Yeah, you're in the wrong place. Who who are you? Oh, I'm um, Ugh. I'm the kid in charge. I'm the I'm in charge of campus activities activities or... here. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, where am I supposed to be? Because the show's time's at seven thirty. Goes, actually, it's like eight <laughs> thirty. Where is it then? Um, and. I follow this kid from the McNeil room where it says in the. Class, I want to punch this kid as you're telling this, bro. Uh, bro dude. <laughs> you know, like you're a sneakerhead. Yeah. His, his shoes are untied. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? Like, oh god, tie your tie your yeah. shoes. I want to just smack the phone out of his hand and Boom! Just like it right out. out of his face. Yeah. Hey, it's, fucking look it up. Pay it's my life here, man. Yeah. <laughs> they know where my credit card is. They have it for the car. I drove here to be here. Give a shit. Yeah. No, we're walking. Where do we end up, Jay? We end up in a very, very large, very high ceiling. We're talking 40, 50 oh. feet. A old auditorium that looks like it's out of The Shining. Okay? <laughs> and it's not an auditorium, though I think it is. It's actually the lunchroom. Oh boy. At the farthest end of one lunchroom is a lunch counter. At my kitty corner, all the way out of here, maybe a, I'm not a joking, a hundred yards away is my little stage. Oh god. With one of those microphones in a karaoke kit that <laughs> you know, like when you touch it, it goes Yeah, yeah. And you can hear it jiggling around in there. And he turns it on and he goes now he, i look out there here's what i see it is I, i'm gonna see if i can find it uh, while i'm looking here i look out in the audience there is nobody there 
Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. There are three people sitting with big headphones on, stream playing Call of Duty. <laughs> there is uh... one young kid with a hoodie and a head thing on with a book slumped over in the dead middle of the room and everybody else has to enter to my left 20 feet away from me they have to enter here look to their right and see a comic like that and then walk a hundred yards around the perimeter of this thing to get to the lunch counter now Keep in mind, what you're about to hear is most people's fucking nightmare. <laughs> the kid looks at me and goes, you ready to go up? <laughs> and I go, I mean, do you guys even want a show? And he's right. like, and he looks up and he's like, I mean, yeah. Oh. Now, what were the credits I gave you at the top of the show? of the show they were uh what? dana carvey's first impressions and how to train your dragon three. Oh, so it wasn't hard to read that no and i also i did that off memory i was getting my phone but i remembered i know you know why because you're a you're, you're a professional jay and you also have two fucking neurons knocking around there <laughs> i texted this kid dana carvey's first impressions and how to train your dragon three that's all i want you to say because that's all that they're going to listen to Maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, he said, "How to Train Your Dana Three, and First Carvies." <laughs> I'm gonna do it verbatim. Okay. Um, hi. Um, tonight we got like a comic or whatever. <laughs> he was in the USA show. Carvey's impress Car and dragons three please welcome justin riffle now i walk up to nobody to no to no applause no one looks up none of the streamers take their heads off all i see is people like whispering to each other as they walk around the perimeter now, Jay, people, this is what they're whispering. Want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. I don't know how long most people's bombing sets are on your show, but this was one of those shows where, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you now, this was one of those shows where the contract was relatively high. It was a big school for their area. So it was over two or three three K right. Okay. Higher than I've ever been paid to do anything, but it was an hour and 20 minute guarantee. Oh my God. Meaning in order to cash my check that he is holding, I have to get on that stage at eight 30 and get off that stage at nine 45. Oh my God. You just have to be there. Right. You have to. Perf now I am doing my act, my clean act to nothing. A echoing silence followed by snickerings and order number 46. 
<laughs> now, 20 minutes in, Jay, 20 minutes in, I should have died. I sh- My heart should have realized, let's just take him out, right? Like, kill him. Kill him right now. But it didn't. I was flash sweating because oh, I had yeah. just done like 30 minutes of material that was supposed to work. But to work to what? To who? Yeah, and also for the people that aren't comics listening, here's the other thing, too. When you're performing basically to nobody – uh, that means that nobody is responding to your jokes. That means nobody's laughing. So what that means is your hour of material is now probably going to be take about 30 minutes to do because you're not pausing for laughter or anything. Even faster, even faster. Yeah. Cause you're like, cause there's supposed to be a laugh and you're like one, two, yeah. three, four. And then it's the next thing, but there's nothing. <laughs> and oftentimes, pardon me, often there's tags that make another minute but there's no tags because they're not responding there's no you can't go off the crowd there can't be you know crowd interaction oh fuck so now you're just up there and you can't stop speaking and remember can't swear no politics no religion don't make fun of their body don't make fun of their you know like their anything that could be racially interpreted so now what now we're only at 20 minutes in we're at 20 minutes what do you do for another hour? So all I did, all I did for the next hour was sit on a chair on occasion and stand and, you know, sit. I do. I'd, I'd talk. I would literally do a therapy session. <laughs> I went up there and I was like, you know, I got a college degree. You know, uh, I was supposed to be a uh, broadcast journalist. <laughs> I'm doing this, though. Look at this. Isn't that great? <laughs> this guy doesn't, I don't even think he, he, uh, he's reading that book. Maybe he's not like, and, and now I'm commenting. He doesn't care. He's not even responding. He, he probably doesn't even speak English. He's like a, a foreign student who's kicking ass and doesn't fucking care about me. And then, so I'd sit down on the stool and I'd be like, let's check in on call of duty. And I just <laughs> look and I'd be like, there's a missile launch. Oh, that's a double kill. This is, you know, the terrorists are going to win this, you know, like it's fuck. It, that's, I, all I had to do was just comment on nothing yeah. for an hour. Yeah, dude. With I mean, when you're drowning, you're gonna take any lifesaver you can get. <laughs> it was, it, I, it. It's the only time in my whole career, Jay, that I texted after the show. It might take a while to get back up on stage after that. Oh, brutal! It it was so brutal that I got the check. And it felt like a prostitute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I've had that where you're just like, either you feel like you, I don't deserve. I've had those where you're like, I don't deserve this. This is like fucking. Or, or like you said, you're like, uh, this isn't this isn't why I got into comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like if a Hollywood star, you know, male or female, gets really famous. And then they have a moment where they're like, you know, I could really use a paycheck. And someone's like, Oh, I'll give you a paycheck. Come and do my private party. And it's not a party. They're just like, take your clothes off, mm. you know? And you're yeah. like, what do you mean? They're like, I just want you to stand there. Cause I have this money and I want to see you naked. And I want to see you just oh. twist for a few seconds and know that I am hanging in here. Cause that's what it was. I was naked. There was yeah. no weapon. There was nothing at my defense. I couldn't grab anything. There was, I didn't have the guitar. Dude. There was no music cues. There's no screen behind me. You can't fucking swear. So you're just, it's them watching a physical nightmare. And it's kids. They're walking oh, in God. like it's an art display. 
Yeah. Here's here's a suffering comedian. Look, kid. <laughs> and and what whatever if you're as the comic that you're doing that, I don't care what age you are, it makes you feel that you're so fucking old. It's, especially mm -hmm. with them not giving a fuck. You feel oh. like you're 80 years old and they're looking at you like a dinosaur. I had my second run Jordans on thinking I was doing a real good thing. You know what I mean? Like I had a Shit's Creek t-shirt on. I'm really playing up that I'm young. You know, I'm like Joey in that episode of Friends or like fucking Steve Buscemi in 30 Rock. Like, hey, kiddos. You know, like it's fucking bad. And it's and, and the whole time I just keep thinking to myself like, dude, what what this is what you wanted. This is that's the worst part, Jay, is that. It was one of those moments in, you know, like uh, every, everybody else, when they tell me they're bombing, so they're like, someone heckled me and the whole crowd came against me. I can at least go to the end of the crowd and be like, fuck them. Right. You know, <laughs> fuck them. I can't even say that. They didn't say anything negative to me. They were just like, look at this fucking idiot. This fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. They weren't saying it to my face. I don't know what they were saying. Maybe they were just feeling bad for me. But what they were doing is confirming that you can get the dream career. You can get what you want and still be like this is part of it yeah, dude. <laughs> this is oh, this wow. is like and and it wasn't i mean i i remember getting that check and being like i can't i can't do i can't do it like this you know so like now the now if i if i do that i call ahead of time to the team and i'm like hey look you know I'll even throw down a couple hundred dollars to bring food, you know, or give away t-shirts or something just so there's 10 people or five people, right? Five people still a show, you know, I know everybody will tell you that some of their best shows are five people. But, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's very, it's much more personal. <laughs> it is, but you know what? It's not, uh, a, an, a, a, an art display on uh, misery. <laughs> I, I still remember it to this day. I'm going to send pictures and you can post it here because I, I took a picture of this and I'm like, dude, this was, and, and it's the part of the worst part it was, is that it was, I got there early to see the great little room that looked like a comedy uh, yeah. jazz lounge. And I'm like, oh, dude, this is going to be great. Mm, 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 I can reach it. out and touch them. This is very mm. intimate. Oh, this is Someone's great. going to come in, take some DSLR shots. It's going to be great. I'm going to put this up. This will be one of those nights where I made that big fat check. I talked to like nine students. I made a difference. I, have a, I gave a shit like I crafted something. And instead, the thing I learned, the thing I was I just going to ask you, because I was going to say, I don't know what you could have changed other than Can't. not doing it. <laughs> so what would you? Yeah, that's perfect. What did you learn from this? There is, yeah, there was the, you couldn't, I couldn't have changed anything. I did everything right. I did every, you know, I followed the rules. I got the check. I did, did your everything time. I was supposed to do. I didn't trash the school. I still didn't tell you what school it was. I'm never going to tell what school it was. Here's what I learned. That's as bad as it can get. And I'm, that was four years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? As, as it's, it's kind of like finding out the the thing you feared the most stung for a little bit and then someday someone's going to be like tell me that story because right. i love telling this story yeah i love i love because it's a battle scar now i've Thank gotten you. more joy out of telling this story and being like on the other side of it going like that was as bad as it gets yes you know? yeah yeah for and as comics yeah. we all we all have bombed and we uh, and we 
as you're telling the story, the reason there's the joy in the story is because all of us have been there in, in one aspect or another. So we all can relate. And it's like, it, when you're, as you're telling the story, it takes me back to times I've bombed or I've had <sighs> shit gigs and you, it just builds that. It's like, uh, it's like when you watch a movie or you, you see somebody like breaking up with someone or cheating on someone and you get that feeling of like, yeah. Oh fuck. I know how that feels. That's the fucking mm-hmm. worst. And you, you get that as a comic. It's a it's a camaraderie thing. And I think that's uh, above everything else because we're so competitive with each other for stage time and we're so competitive over uh, opinions that, you know, alternate style people like comedians uh, who think a little bit differently than everybody else. um, We're going to run across, you know, parallel lines. So we're going to be competitive on a lot of things, but where we're not competitive is that when we see somebody really just eat shit we turn into the best versions of ourselves. Like, come here, man. All right. Yeah. That was shit. You yeah. ate shit. And, and we laugh at the back of the room. Had, right. there, had there been a comic with me, it would have been the greatest night of our lives. We would have eaten chicken wings and, and smoked weed afterwards. It would have been the greatest thing ever. But because I was alone, it was just torture. And sometimes it's just torture. And that's what you have to put up with, you know, dude, dude, that, that reminds me of, uh, it wasn't necessarily a bomb. It was pretty fucking close, but, uh, this happened, uh, six months ago, roughly. Oh no. Uh, oh no, no, it's great. So I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a show here in Vegas and it's a black room, uh, all black audience. Um, and you know, Roger Rod, of course, yeah. Yeah. So for people that don't know, Roger Rod, a uh, white comic that does black rooms, does always does great in black rooms. Uh, he does other rooms too, but he's yeah, like yeah, known as there's, like... There's, he, a, there's a group of white guys who just destroy <clears throat> in black rooms, and it's, right. it's fun to watch. So I'm going to this show, or I'm, I'm on this show, and uh, I get there, and, and I have a bunch of new shit that I want to work out. And I'm and I'm stubborn where if I'm if I'm in the middle of a set and I'm working something out and it's not doing good I'm like fuck it I'm finishing you know I don't give a fuck if this bombs I want to work this out or whatever and I had told Roger before my set uh that and Roger had gone up and fucking killed it you know crushed and then uh I told him though before I went up I was like yeah I got a bunch of new shit I want to work on so I'm on stage I'm doing and it's some joke that has to do with uh i think something related to gay guys or something and black audiences are not big fans of gay material a lot of the times so i'm i'm doing the bit i'm eating shit on this bit specifically and then i go to some other stuff and it ends up being okay passable i'll say that it ends up being a passable set but that dip fucking was nothing i was getting nothing on it but i was like i I'm, i've got to work this bit so fuck them I'm, I'm doing this I get off and Roger Rod gave gave the compliment insult. He he says he goes, "Hey man, way to stay in the pocket." <laughs> it's just like acknowledging, "Hey, I hey, way to way to what even though you were eating shit, way to stick with it." You know, yeah. that's basically yeah. what he was saying. Yeah, he was saying like, "Look, you got brushed <laughs> off right there. You you literally just about got hit and you're like, I'm stepping right back here. I'm digging in and we're taking another pitch even though that one was right here." Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, You know, there is nothing more frightening for a comedian than when you're in a room full of people who don't represent technically you. You know, if you're a West Coast person and you're an all East Coast crowd and they're like, the fuck are you doing here? 
you know, or you're an East Coast comic with that mentality and you're in a San Francisco room and they're like, um, what? Yeah. You know, like the differences of being that tiny little dot in an, in a group of people that are like, wait, um, you ready? What? <laughs> and it's all of us and it's just you. You know, yeah, what I mean? and I love I love black rooms. I I know you ex I, you you excel there. You do really really well. <laughs> Just that night, that joke, they were not feeling it. But I, oh dude, I I was uh, and I was like laughing in my head at the time because I was like, I, I I it was almost in my head. I was saying, why the fuck would you try and work this joke out right now here, you fucking idiot? But. Bro. We're in it, so we got to finish it. <laughs> you know my buddy Alex Mandelberg. Yeah, the yeah. first time I brought him to the parlor, it's just a short story. It was uh, Tommy Davidson's show night, and uh, Tommy wasn't showing up like on time. He was staying in his room really late. And so we had started the show late, the first set. And he's like, this is my first time. A guest set. I'm like, just five minutes. That's all you have to do. And he opens up. The first joke is about weed and it crushes. His next four minutes are about him being Jewish. And it just, <laughs> <laughs> it is a. <sighs> and Ruben, Ruben in his Ruben style. It's just every comedy manager has this great. It, everybody has a as a personality <laughs> style that is forever memorable. And Ruben's sitting there watching him like this in the green room, and it's just whiff, whiff, oh. whiff. And as he walks back in, or he comes off the stage to get up to leave, so he doesn't want to be in the same room as him. He goes strike one, <laughs> and because it was bad, he comes back. He looks me straight in the face, and he's like. Was it as bad as it felt? I'm like, yeah, it was that bad. <laughs> I'm like, look, reset, reset. We got a 10 o'clock show. You're on the second one, right? And uh, <laughs> he comes up, same weed joke at the top, boom, different material. Still whew, silence because he's 25. He's oh, a little fuck. white boy, you know, like just fucking just they're eating him up in silence you know it's just going into death and reuben, reuben from oh, the back no. calls me on the phone this time during his set strike two <laughs> <laughs> fucking reuben dude oh god it adds it adds to everything here's the best part though and the lesson learned from that i brought him back the next time he crushed mm. and reuben forgot him yeah, because that's the way that goes, dude. My first time at the parlor, I was doing a guest spot on Jeff Dye's uh, show, and I had some joke about working out, and I like or like <laughs> that I, I I don't like working out at the gym because uh, uh, everybody assumes I'm strong and I'm not, I'm weak, and so like the idea of the joke is I say I have to make up these excuses why I'm so weak, like oh I just had shoulder surgery or oh I just you know redid my knee, that's why you know I can't lift merry weights, but at the end of the joke I was like. Yeah, and I was running out of excuses. So the last one, I was like, "Oh, sorry, I have AIDS." And the whole place, the whole place just goes, "Oh!" And I was like, "I mean, I was so green. I was just like, that's it. Good night." <laughs> and then at the end, I, I went up to Ruben, and at the time, I was like, "Oh, fuck, sorry, Ruben, or whatever." And he's like, "Oh no, that was great, isn't that?" He never fucking saw the set. He never saw my set. I was like, "You fuck." Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, well, that's the point. Is that you're. It, it, it as beautiful i think i wrote this once I, I it occurred to me you don't own that stage you just renting it yeah you know yeah and and while you're up there sometimes you sometimes you feel like you could own it but you still leave and you come back it's just 
you know, you come back, you know, and, and that's the, the best part of bombing is it makes you want to come back. Oh yeah. It makes you, if you, if you had a bad shot in golf, you want to hit a good one. You know, if you, if you airball it, you need a swish. So it's, and the bigger swings you take and the more you bomb, the better you get because you do take bigger swings and the bigger swings will set you apart from the rest of your competition. So what a fucking, what a great way to tie it up, Justin. Uh, mm. uh, first, thanks for doing the show, brother. And um, give everybody your social media stuff and anything you want to plug. This will, this is coming out tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, the Ruppel on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok. Uh, I post a lot on TikTok. Find me there at the Ruppel. That's T H E R U P P L E. And then every week I have a live podcast on Fireside Podcasts. Uh, that is Wednesday called Not Just Impressions. It's a show where we talk about everything that I love and not just impressions, but there's a lot of impressions in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, every Wednesday also, if uh, you're in Los Angeles hearing this, we run the Elevated Comedy Show uh, every Wednesday in NoHo at the Federal. Uh, find me online, follow me there. And uh, I'm going to come visit Jay soon. How's that? Yes. Sound? yes. That sounds great. I'm going to be out there in February. Uh, funny Excellent. enough, I'm uh, doing chocolate Sundays. Mm. <laughs> All three shows on the Of course February you 20th. are. And you're going to crush <laughs> with the pickle story, man. No, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed. You'll I like, watched you'll... you. I watched you crush with the pickle story on a chocolate <laughs> Sunday, and it was beautiful. It was well, beautiful. Yeah, uh, you probably jinxed it now, but that's fucking. Uh, <laughs> uh, you'll like how we end this. Uh, yeah, for all the uh, the uh, the the boo birds, uh, aka the boo crew. Until next time, you'll like it, Justin. Until next time, bomb voyage. <laughs>